Welcome to another and a very long-awaited episode of Talking Upstream. Uh, season two is finally here, and uh, I, honestly, better than ever, if, if I could say that, Dylan, if I may. Oh yeah. Uh, but first, how are you, my friend? How are you? Dylan? Um, I'm doing all right, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm great. Good. Uh, and like I was saying backstage, I'm very excited about our guests. I usually have some stupid bantery stuff that I want to talk about, but I, I would really just like to get to our guests because I'm very, very excited to uh, to, to introduce this gentleman. Uh, if that's okay with you, Dylan, uh, oh, yeah. will you please, no, will you please it's introduce? It's been a while since we've had it. Sorry. Go uh, ahead. <laughs> I know. I just keep talking over you. It, it It's like we don't do this weekly for some that's reason. That's true. It's been uh, a while since we've done it weekly, for sure. That's true. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. All right. So uh, this week on Talking Upstream is we're joined by our guest, Taylor King. He's a director, producer, writer. He has a whole bunch of uh, self-done video movies on uh, various platforms. I should have practiced this, but it's been a while anymore. <laughs> here's, uh, here's Taylor King. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, well. Mr. King. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you guys? Doing so, so good. Uh, like I was saying backstage, and I was about to get into it, and I just figured we should bring you up anyway. Um, this was the, you know, we've interviewed 42 people so far on Talking Upstream. Uh, we are, you know, creators of movies and podcasts and even uh, someone that does uh, foam donuts that you can wear in your head. Um, but the most exciting thing to me was that, I, you know, I scroll through and I watch so many movies just for no reason at all. I have every single service and I just like, well, let me watch this thing. And usually movies just wash over me. Um, but I, I came across one uh, called Super Hot. And it, it was the kind of movie that I put on not expecting a whole lot. And I, I realized that I was paying closer attention to it than I thought I was going to. Uh, and I ended up loving it. So much so that I watched it a second time right away just to make sure that I was getting all the stuff. And for the first time in my life, I found something that I liked. And I reached out to that person that created it. And I'm like, I would like to talk to you. This is a cool thing. And you wrote back. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 yeah, I mean, Super Hodge is one of those projects that that has captured sort of this, this cool sort of um, imagination in people. And yeah, just I, I, I personally love the film and I just love to talk about it. So. Yeah, um, and, and it was a movie that I I watch it. Like I said, I watch it a second time, and then I text Dylan. I was like, "Hey, you gotta you gotta check this movie out. This is actually kind of clever." Um, and the way I think I wrote it to you in one of the emails begging you to be on this show was, uh, I was like, "It's like if if Kevin Smith had written Monster Squad because it has like those elements of supernatural things, but also." that clever writing style where it's like, yeah, I nerds have had those conversations. I've wondered what a better star Wars would have been like if cast in the nineties, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So um, if we can get into some questions, if that's okay. Now, when it comes to super hot, uh, we'll, we'll get back into, you know, what got you started in the movie process in general, but when it comes to super hot as itself, what was, what was the driving force to make that the story? Was it the nerd side of it or was it the vampire side or was it the, the future Van Helsing thing? So, it, it started back probably in 2018, um, right after the Tom Cruise uh, Mummy movie flopped. Um, and basically, uh, Universal sort of scrapped their whole sort of monster universe that they were going to do. Um, and, like, I had always been a huge fan of um, the uh, Brendan Fraser Mummy, um, sort of the, the, the classic... Um, uh, movie monster films, uh, you know, e even uh, whether it's the Lugosi or, or even the the um, uh, the, the Monster uh, Squad um, film, and sort of those sort of that era of, of of films that are that are just fun. And I was talking to um, my dad, who's my business partner and, and, and producing partner, um, 
And I was like, all of these, we found out that all these characters, all these classic movie monster characters are public domain. And we're like, we can't do the the Tom Cruise big budget, you know, um, action film. Um, it's like, how can we use these characters in sort of a fun way that we actually will enjoy to make and stuff? And so we started talking about like, what if um, Kevin Smith or, you know, uh, John Hughes had made a monster film and so that was sort of the inception um and we came up with um with five films that would sort of introduce um sort of our own version of the monster squad um which we called monster mash um sort of the 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 (laughs) halloween song and uh and sort of all these sort of characters coming together um and so and we wanted to be very based in sort of like real world sort of suburbia type of thing very much sort of like how monster squad you know is is, is based in with sort of higher stakes and yes super hot was was the first of that and we wanted to introduce sort of the the big two dracula um and uh, van helsing um and so yeah that's sort of how it all started yeah no i i, mm-hmm. I loved it and you know like i said i i put it on expecting just like a like a knockoff clerks, you know, like a modern clerks. And then at some point you're like, okay, there's vampires in here. That's cool. I'm into mm-hmm. that. And it's like, well, okay, now there's Dracula. Okay, now there's Van Helsing. That's very interesting. And I, I love the dynamic of like the team building because honestly, after watching this movie, I wanted to see a, a Sam and Van Helsing like team up uh you know road trip movie. I would I would love that. Um so yeah, I think that's very cool. And it's it's a cool concept to me, especially you know it, it, no knowing how Dylan and I work. Uh, to come up with a five, you know, five projects, yeah. <laughs> but here's the start to get us to the fifth one, which is the one we're most excited about. Um, now, because of how much I'm into super hot, <laughs> uh, I did a lot of research on you and it, yeah, obviously it turns out that you had started your, uh, your production company at the age of 19 with your dad. Um, yeah. Now, was that because you were always in the movie industry because your dad was making stuff or like, what, what was the, what was the con, what was the precipice of, we got to start New Zealand song. Um, well, I mean, yes and no. So there is um, my, my dad went to uh, London film school when he was 19. Um, uh, halfway through somehow convinced his parents to be like, Hey, instead of paying the rest of my tuition, just give me the money and I'll go m- make a film because you know, first year they teach you, you know, back then actually had an op, you know, mm-hmm. operate a film camera, you know, where you have to ex- expose film and all the technicalities and stuff. Um, and so that sort of started his um, film career, Hollywood, um, for 15 years, um, sort of up and from almost when I was born up until when I was 15, he had a post-production facility um, where he would do uh, sound design for movies and stuff. And so we were always sort of very technically capable of you know meeting the the especially audio wise which is a lot of cases the most important part sort of the technicality aspect of of um feature filmmaking and it is just something that i've always wanted to do whether it was because um i've always sort of been around it or just because um of things like star wars and stuff um uh yeah, I, I told him in high school, I was like, this is what I want to do. And he's like, all right. I was like, and at the time, all my friends were pressuring me like, oh, no, you got to go to film school, man. You got to go to film school. It's the only way you're going to do it. Um, and, uh, and and living in California at the time, you know, I was like, so do like, should I apply to like USC or something? Um, which I could never get into, um, especially with the, with the the grades I had. But he's, my dad, you know, shocked me. It's just like, absolutely not. Uh, it's like, you don't need to go to film school. You know, you've had a camera in your hand since you were 14. Um, it was like, let's just start doing it. Like, let's let's create sort of a, a, a story and a project and, and, and let's just do it. We'll just put it out on YouTube. Um, and that first project was a series we did called Private Sales. Um, and it was uh, sort of like a Breaking Badass type of um, series about um, the secret lives of escorts. And it's sort of wrapped up in this murder mystery type of uh, series. And we put it out on YouTube and we got a call from this distributor who was like, Hey man, like, I love the show. Why the hell did you put it on YouTube? Um, it was like, well, we sort of just, we, we made it just to make it. 
Um, and he's like, Amazon is about to um, release their sort of uh, independent producers platform. You should you should try and upload it to there. Um, and we did, and we were one of the first independently produced TV shows um, on Amazon. Um, we found out a couple years later that we were the number one erotic show on Amazon for a while, which is hilarious <laughs> to us because there's no movie in the show or anything. Um, it's just a cool title. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then that sort of grandfathered us into sort of Amazon, and we've been making TV shows and films for them ever since. Um, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that, uh, you know, once I've watched <laughs> Super Hot for the third time, I was like, well, let me see what else uh, you know, this guy's got in his pocket. And, uh, you know, look on Amazon, I end up buying all of your stuff, uh, just to uh, check it all out. Uh, now, the first thing that, that I found that was yours uh, was the Mojave Sisters. Uh, <coughs> now, that surprised the crap out of me. That was such a beautifully shot film. Like, it, it felt like a movie with how it was shot. I know it's broken up into three parts, um, but it has like that Robert Rodriguez kind of filter over it. Uh, now, what was the concept behind behind that? Because that was so intriguing to watch. And are you going to build off of that story at all? Um, yeah, that, that whole story sort of started as the Mojave Brothers, which was sort of just this, this story about... Um, uh, these uh, these two assassins who are sort of find themselves in a very precarious situation in the desert, um, and uh, and after meeting uh, Lee Don Hershey, who's the 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 lead in the Mojave Sisters, um, we immediately changed it from the Mojave Sisters to the Mojave, or sorry, the Mojave Brothers to the Mojave Sisters, mm-hmm. um, and sort of wrote the story around her and her sister. Um, which is, if you've seen this, the story, she really doesn't have a sister. Her sister's dead from the beginning of the series. And that was not at all what... Um, uh, we, we had shot 70% of the show um, with two leads. Um, and uh, and one of the leads did two things. Um, she, uh, she got a full sleeve tattoo halfway through filming, ruining all continuity. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and Two days before we were supposed to uh, go out to the desert to film all this actions stuff that was already paid for, she jumped off of a bar drunkenly and, and broke her ankle and wasn't going to tell me about it. Um, and uh, cool. was just going to show up not able to shoot. Um, and so literally two days before we had to go out to the desert to film sort of this action stuff, um, we, we rewrote um, everything we had shot to just be solo sister grieving hmm. over a dead sister um which seems very fitting because all of us were really sort of in a bad mood um <laughs> but um but yeah that was sort of the the just we wanted to do sort of a neo-western you know that was very sort of um you know uh i guess um you know low budget but just sort of something that was that was interesting and and uh you know focused on um sort of these two sort of broken people um and uh and yeah it, it, it unfortunately didn't do very well and so we never went to go make more but um but yeah that was a fun one yeah huge, huge fan of that uh don't, don't, I, I talk a lot I'll let oh that's fine question. no that's that's perfect uh perfect segue um Talking about adapting, like kind of being adaptable to stuff that has happened outside of production, you had to do some script rewrites. When you sit down and do some writing, how how much revision do you do across the process before you put anything to, to camera? Is it just a matter of like as many as it needs or do you tend to be like, I'm more of a five or eight draft kind of person? Um, Usually only, there's usually only about one or two sort of, drafts before the the final draft um because sean and, and myself um write everything that we direct for the most part like, like we usually don't only once have we ever taken on a script that, that we didn't write ourselves um you know we're usually each other's proofreaders mm-hmm. um and so we'll sort of go through the we'll, we'll, we'll develop the story together one of us will write it and that will usually be the person that directs it um <laughs> And uh, or occasionally we'll, we'll direct something together, um, but but yeah, and and 
other than that, I mean, it it always changes. You know, like the, the film that you set out to make is never the film that you end up mm-hmm. ma- making. I mean, almost zero percent of the time. Um, even in Super Hot, um, uh, Super Hot uh, Jackie was originally John, um, and was cast. Um, and uh, a couple months before filming, the lead actor who was playing John called me. He's like, "Hey, man, I just got booked on a." like a high paying sitcom. Mm. Like, I'm sorry, I just can't, I can't make the schedules work. I was just like, no man, that's, that's cool. You know, take, take the money. Um, and, um, and I had, I was, we were literally in the middle of filming Devil's Island. Um, and uh, I pulled up um, an actress that we had talked to literally a month prior who I really liked. Um, she just had this sort of vibe about her, like this sort of almost Keanu Reeves type of, um, type of nerdy vibe and mm-hmm. uh i was like what if we just changed it to to a female and kept pretty much everything the same and then i showed her sort of self-tape um for a different film altogether to everyone and i was like yeah that would really work um and so after we got back from filming um that movie i i called her up and uh and she was like hell yeah let's do it um so yeah i mean things change all the time that's sort of a mm-hmm. long way to get to there but um yeah, it, um, it it it's it's constantly uh, a change, and that's part of why we don't take on other writers' mm-hmm. work. It's just because I think they would get upset when uh, Carrie Fisher had a great line for George Lucas. She said, "George, you can say you can write this shit, but you can't say it." <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of the time, that's sort of what we find too. It's like that doesn't sound right. Just change it. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because that that's kind of the way that Dylan and I work uh, to to a regard, like. Uh, you know, we, we both have ideas. We both come up with, you know, crazy concepts. But Dylan, uh, you know, has taken the time and learned uh, the skills of, of novel writing and actually script writing. Whereas, you know, me coming from uh, a stand-up comedian background a, uh, will literally talk to anyone and have the weirdest ideas. Uh, we kind of fall into those, um, you know, those roles pretty easily, which is... Uh, you know, we have this really great concept and then I throw some ideas at Dylan and he makes it make sense. Um, that, that being said, do you have like roles that you like to fill in? Cause you said that, you know, you and Sean and you guys kind of collaborate a lot. Also your father being a producer. Um, now is, is there something that you prefer doing or do you just like the idea of making film? Um, it's, it, it's sort of all, all at once and at different times, like, like usually, you know, when we're writing, um, you know, it's, it's a tedious process, but I love it until we sort of get near the end. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to just start shooting. Like I, <laughs> yeah. now, mm-hmm. now polishing the script is becoming tedious and then filming, it's like, I'm so excited to, to film and then sort of towards the end, it's like, all right, I just want to start editing and then vice versa. Um, but, um. But but yeah, I mean, we we alternate um, films, so we usually do every role at different times. I mean, um, you know, when, when when Sean's directing, I'm producing, and then when I'm directing, he's producing. Um, but we we sort of do fall into sort of like a, I usually have sort of more fun sort of. Uh, grandiose ideas and and sean is always okay how are we going to do that in budget um yeah and uh and that's also one of the challenges like super hot was just a huge challenge in in finding things that um that uh, we can actually afford to do um and moving to charlotte north carolina was one of those things so yeah that's cool um so dylan and i we we've wrote and uh are in post-production of our first film we wrote a, a mini little film uh called give me back where uh it's kind of like a brain like a for a forced brain swap yeah. where somebody steals your brain and then takes your body hostage until you do uh some stuff and, and you know we we got a director to film this and we got a cinematographer and we got actors and we got sound people and it was just such like a cool process based on something that we loved so much. That was our first real project that we worked on until I think it was like eight, you know, eight versions of yeah. the script for like a 15 page script or something like that. No, that's not true. Um, but <laughs> what, what was the first project that you remember just falling in love with? Like, this is the one that I'm going to 
keep working until I have this story right or I have this the way that I want it. Um, yeah, will you talk about that at all? Yeah, I, I haven't made that film yet. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, no, both Sean and I have have a couple of films that um, that if if at any point um, we were spending other people's money, we would jump at immediately. Um, but Super Hot was definitely one of the first of that. Um, I guess in, in in just a from beginning to execution, I think it is the closest that we've ever come to it being um, how we wanted it to come out from 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 script to screen. Um, yeah, in, in in the make, I think it helps when when the making of that film is is just was just so fun. I mean, it it was literally um, like a, like a summer camp. Um, all, all the actors, um, they they literally stayed in the house with us, um, and all the actors who were local would show up on days where they weren't even filming just to hang out. Um, yeah, that 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 movie was was not only awesome to make, but just one that sort of was like this is this is how it, it should be all the time. Um, so yeah. 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 I hope it, I hope it, <laughs> I hope we get to have a project like that where, you know, I mean, when we filmed ours, that's kind of how it was. We filmed Barlow. It's like, uh, the people that weren't even supposed to be there were just hanging out, mm -hmm. uh, just like, ah, oh, I wonder what we're going to do. And let's get this dolly zoom on this toilet bowl. And it's like, yeah, everyone watch how this <laughs> camera moves towards the toilet. And it was, it was so much fun. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Filmmaking is supposed to be fun. And, and I, I love that. Cause I, I like You could tell watching the movie that, the people in it liked it, you know, especially yeah. the main two people, um, you know, Candace um, and uh, I, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who played Sam, uh, they just had such a great time. And, you know, looking them up, this is the only film that they have as credits on IMDb. So, uh, you know, Sam was really just a breakout star that 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 dude did it such a well. He did such mm -hmm. a good job. No, and, and, and he was not. um neither uh candace or um elijah wood who, who elijah. plays uh sam he he's um just such a great such a great kid i mean i think most of the cast um this was uh their first film um which was also a huge um just joy to to, to be right because they got to be with people and act with people who have been in huge stuff um like I don't know if you guys have seen Hacksaw Ridge, mm -hmm. um, but uh, but Shimmy uh, Nobuaki Shimamoto, who plays uh, Van Helsing, um, he is the, uh, the 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 Japanese soldier in Hacksaw Ridge who basically comes out and, and almost blows up Andrew Garfield with a grenade, mm -hmm. um, uh, and, uh, and he he's been in in, in huge stuff um, and. Um, he left super hot halfway through to go do a Brad Pitt movie and came back. And he's just such an, an unbelievable caliber caliber of actor that he just makes everyone else better. And, and, you know, everyone else being sort of, you know, a really, really fresh face, you know, they got to help each other in just different ways of, you know, this was just such an interesting ex experiment in, in just having, cause it was the first time we've ever um, the first film we've ever done in a state that uh um we weren't local to you know we, we literally moved um mm -hmm. across the country and then a month later we were filming a, a full-on feature um most of the locations they um uh they gave us uh for free like the comic book store the pizza place like those were just cold emails and they're like hell yeah we'll be in a movie um and so super thankful for, for, for those guys. But yet yeah, um, Shimmy and, and the actor who plays uh, Brad slash Van Helsing, mm -hmm. um, uh, not to spoil it, but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they, um, and they ro roomed together too. Um, <laughs> in, in, in so, so they both uh, were, were roommates while, while staying here, um, which was fun just getting to see sort of their, um, banter together you know mm -hmm. for, the, for the next film as well because uh in uh at the end of super hot we tease the sequel um oh yeah then helsing uh where um it's very much sort of a almost a shane black uh buddy cop film between uh van helsing and um and dracula so that should be fun
That is cool. Yeah, I hope you mm-hmm. signed him onto that five pitcher deal because uh, Van Helsing. That's yeah, a great idea. Oh, yeah, they're, they're waiting for the script. It's um, it's uh, <laughs> it's in development right now, but they're yeah, they're waiting. Yeah, yeah, right on. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier that it had that kind of Kevin Smithy feel. You uh, mentioned uh, like a John Hughes going at you know the the, the dark universe creatures. Um, as far as like your inspirations, uh, what what would you say were the filmmakers that really stuck into your brain when you were growing up before making movies? <clears throat> From like my earliest memory, I've been obsessed with Star Wars. Um, uh, Spielberg movies, um, John Hughes movies. Um, I saw Clerks right at the right time. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think I've always sort of been a prod, uh, product of, of those sort of, even Robert Rodriguez, um, who now is, I think is a little bit more eclectic, but like I was a, I was a, uh, I was a Spy Kids kid, you know, like that was just sort mm-hmm. of like, I, I was at the right age with that. I was the demographic. Um, yeah, Harry Potter, everything. I mean, I've sort of been that sort of Spielberg generation of, 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 of kids. Um, and just, I think my, my resistance to sort of growing up, you know, and just sort of staying youthful and, and, and being, um, being a kid, you know, at, at heart. I just, those are the type of movies I want to make. And um, I think sort of the, the characters in Super Hot very much sort of reflect the, the friends I had and the friends I wish I had um, growing up. But, uh, and so I, I hope people feel that too. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like I said, when, uh, after I watched Super Hot the second time, and then I knew that we were going to have you on the show, uh, I actually watched it again last night and I had my partner. I, I asked her, I was like, hey, will you do me a favor? Will you just watch this movie with me? Like, just let me know what you think. And, um, like she was, she was giving me pointers right away. Like, like I should be writing down her notes. And she's like, "Oh, write down that I like the fact that this character has braces. Uh, oh, write down. Uh, will you a- tell him that I like that this is a female character uh, and it's not, you know, purposeful?" And I'm like, uh, okay, "I'm not gonna write this down, but whatever." Um, but the thing that really stood out that that she mentioned uh, that I was like, "Yeah, that's right." Uh, she's like, it, "It really seems like one of your friends made this. It has like the kind of feel uh, of the way me and Dylan write, where." We put the stuff that we love into it, and you probably can't tell from behind me, but like I'm a super just nerd of all degrees. I, love, <laughs> I have Star Wars tattoos. I'm a huge fan of everything, and I'll also say I saw Kevin Smith, you know, Clerks, at the right time too. And it's just cool to see someone doing the things that I would love to do. You know, I've I've tried so hard to to be where you are, and it's just so cool that you're doing it and having a great time doing it, and. um yeah, I, I just love that, and I, I just want to say, hey, thanks, because you, you make cool movies, and I, I'm into that. I watch so many mm-hmm. stupid movies, and it's cool to catch one. It's like, all right, that, that's a good one. That's cool. Yeah. They're actually trying and not trying to make money. Um, but if, if you had, like, if you had a dream project, and it was, like, one big, like, you had, like you said, somebody else's mega money, uh, what would the dream project, the big budget, huge project, if you could make one, what would it be? Okay, I actually have three. Um, yeah, only because nice. I only just recently wrote them down. I literally have like a notes tab in my desktop oh, yeah. that says uh, movies if I had money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, uh, the, the first one is um, I always wanted to do a King Kong adaptation. Um, and uh, and, and mine would take place in uh, World War after World War II, um, and uh, the government finds out that um, the the remnants of the Nazis are fleeing to this mysterious island, and they send sort of a ragtag team, you know, so just to to go and intercept them, and uh, and uh, it turns out it's Skull Island, and King Kong ensues. You know, it's basically Indiana Jones versus cool. the Nazis with King Kong, like um, very cool. And uh, so that's my blockbuster. Um, I've always been a huge Phantom of the Opera fan. Um, and I would love to do um, uh, Phantom of the Opera with the Broadway cast. Um, 
specifically the, the 25th anniversary Broadway cast. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that production. It's a great one if, if, if you look it up on um, YouTube or iTunes or whatever. It's, it's just, it gets me every time. Um, and I would love to see a, <clears throat> a really good film adaptation of that, <clears throat> even if I didn't get to actually make it. Mm -hmm. um, maybe with, um, uh, gosh, what's his name? Well, not, um, not Gerard Butler, right? <laughs> no, not Gerard Butler. <laughs> um, no, it would have to be the Broadway cast. Yeah. Um, mm. Just uh, so you're not thinking about, oh, that's Gerard Butler. Oh, that's mm. Anne Hathaway. Oh, that's yeah. Hugh Jackman. You know, that type of thing. Um, yeah. And let's see a third one. I'm going to keep that one a secret. Yeah, good. Cool. That's smart. Yeah. D Dylan, uh, they actually sound like ones that Dylan kind of works on. He's, he's, uh, yeah. you know, we, we pitch ideas which are all the time. It's like, hey, let's work on this idea now. Let's work on this one. And one that he's always pitched to me that we haven't really worked on yet is the idea of a, of a, the, his Highlander uh, series yeah. that is set in like <laughs> the farmhouse Highlander, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Highland, five seasons in different time periods. Yeah. 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 Big, you big got your dream adaptation idea. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, Dylan, we're taking Mr. King's time. Uh, do you have any more questions for him before we get into what we do with this show? I think we kind of got what I had written down. Yeah. No, yeah. we're good to go. That's awesome. Uh, okay. Well, number one, thank you very much, Mr. King, for answering all of our ridiculous questions. Uh, if you can't tell, we're uh, mega fanboys, and uh, we appreciate your time. So thank you. Thank you. Um, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed I, I couldn't get a sort of a lighting setup in my um, – and. Uh, our, our movie room, but uh, um, yeah, my uh, little stormtrooper helmet there. We've got sort of wall to wall, just um, you know, we've got a life size astromech in one corner, we got a battle droid full size in the other corner, um, we got a, a bunch of stuff that I've spent way too much time and money on. No, um, I, I like it because to me, I'm, I'm bragging here, and you have like just a nice little susan of like uh, of movie props over there. And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm classy, and, yeah, and you're you're a thrift shop jerk, so that's cool. No, absolutely. It, it, it's <laughs> funny because uh, Jackie's room in Super Hot is like only just sort of half of like the stuff that we actually own. And it, I feel I felt so bad putting um, Candace in, in, in that role, just sort of I was like, you are going to get so many questions. So, so many nerds nope. are going to come up to you and you have never seen a single Star Wars movie. I think it was Leonard uh, Nimoy. He, um, he always used to get like physics questions and stuff and he would just <laughs> nod and be like, what do you think? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when she was uh, when when uh, my wife was watching the movie last night and she saw uh, Candace's room and she's like, "This is our bedroom," and I'm like, "Come on, <laughs> mind your business." Okay, uh, so what we do on this show, Mister King, is uh, Dylan and I we have a lot of very weird, stupid ideas that we text a lot to each other and hopes of one day making a movie. Uh, what we do is when we have actual creators on that know something about what we're trying to do, we pitch them ideas and let them choose for us since. We're jerks and can't decide on anything. Yeah. Um, now, uh, like I said, we have 42 episodes of us pitching ideas to people that are smarter and more talented than us. Uh, so if you're listening to this, please check out any of those. Um, and we're going to get into uh, pitching Taylor King ideas that are probably stupid uh, to most people but us. Uh, Dylan, do you want to go Do you want to sure. go first? <laughs> yeah. What do, you got, what do you got today, pal? So I thought this would be a sci-fi, probably a movie in the vein of um, like Villanova, something a little less uh, aliens invading, let's shoot them, where <clears throat> Earth, present day, uh, amateur astro astronomers realize that an alien vessel has parked in orbit around the moon. It's not sending out any radio signals or any sort of conversations or Mars, depends on the uh, scale you want to go on. And it started mining and it's not reaching out to us. <laughs> And it's not sending out fighters or lasers or anything. It is mining the surface of a celestial body in our neighborhood. So and we we so we know that they're there. They're just yes. not communicating with us. Just they're not communicating our, with us. Not reacting. And uh, just, we're just, just like taking our listen. Moon. Yeah. Like, Hold on. That's not your. And moon. then uh, not much beyond that. It's yeah. mostly just a mostly just a concept. But that's cool. Figure out and depending something. On, 
depending on how you tell it, it could be like a first half, like a disaster film, like, oh my God, something's coming from deep space and they just spark on the moon. Uh, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, right on. Uh, all right. Uh, so the idea that I came up with, I had this uh, very weird idea that uh, this guy's walking through the woods and he comes across, um, I guess, like a hole in the ground. And he realizes the closer he gets to the hole in the ground, he starts to get like stronger and more powers, right? And he doesn't really understand what's going on. When he looks in the hole, there's this creature down there, uh, like an alien or an animal. I'm not sure. The closer he gets to this alien or animal, whatever this creature is, he gets stronger and stronger. So the concept I had is that a person that has the ability of powers but has to carry this thing with them so they have it. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, but also, I guess if you're a superhero and you have this thing, the closer you get to villains, they would also get stronger too. So I don't know. It seems like a weird concept to, to explore. So um, yeah, creature's body, um, it's in a well, gives people powers the closer they get to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you can't tell, uh, we, we have taken about a year off of this show due to, you know, the world, <laughs> uh, and, and our ideas are getting a little crazy right now. So, uh, bear with us, but we hope that you're into, uh, we, we seem that you like the sci-fi stuff. So we thought these might be kind of interesting to throw at you. So Mr. King, please choose one of those two ideas for us to work on. All right. Before, be, be, before I choose, I have a couple questions. Good. <clears throat> Um, Dylan, mm -hmm. um, what subgenre do you think that this movie would fall into? Because it sounds sort of to me like maybe it could it could sort of have the potential to sort of be almost like a mystery type of thing, like um, you know, especially with uh, sort of an objective of trying to find out why they're drilling and stuff, like what's been there that we don't okay. know about type of thing you know i think that could be yeah. interesting so, or but that's just sort of what i thought sort of if, if you could pick sort of a subgenre that, that this would fall into what would it be i see i could see mystery suspense with a if it's if they're drilling the moon then that could have all sorts of strange effects on like the tides and various animal things so we would need to stop it before things get too out of whack just due to the moon being too much gone too much gone um yeah so i uh, yeah some mystery element like you know they're mining are they mining for something specific or are they just here for resources because there's plenty of other rocky stuff but my question is do we send astronauts up there to learn about mining or do yeah. we send miners up there to learn how to astronaut <laughs> i say we split the difference you know you okay, learn fair, from each fair. other no i like that yeah, yeah some because mystery, the, the, some mystery yeah, the question is like there. yeah because the question is like what's up there what do we, what do they want uh, and then it's also like, do we go up there and fight them, or do we just do we like try and beat them? them to it? Yeah, if they're huh. digging for something specific, yeah, it's ours. We want it. What is it? What is it? Yeah, we, yeah, we kind of. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Do we need to send up uh, Indiana Jones and Bruce Willis and uh, and, and stop this or something? All right, Indiana Jones on the moon is a pretty good pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Monkey Moon King. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd watch that. Uh, let's see uh, the. Uh, my my second question is for Zach. Um, now, this creature in the hole, um, does the main character take the creature out of the hole? Yeah. Uh, out of the well um, and carry him around in the backpack like Yoda? Or is the well sort of half, does he have to be near the well at all times to sort of obtain this power? So my initial idea was before I sent this idea to Dylan, the initial idea I had was that he was going to like take this creature out of the well and figure out what part it is. So it would cut parts off and then leave the house to see. Uh, I wasn't sure if that was the right way to go or not. So I kind of backtracked a little bit, uh, but I do like the idea of him taking this creature out of the well and either using that as a backpack for the power purposes or dragging it along in like a duffel bag or like a, a suitcase. Got it. And um, and then what kind of powers do you think you would give him? I feel that it would start off similar to Greatest American Hero, where whatever he's trying to do, he can just do more of it. And he's like, I have powers. I don't know exactly what they do. Um, but, you know, he, he automatically gets 
speed and strength and whatever he tries to accomplish, uh, he learns that he now has the ability to do it. Got it. All right. And now my second question for both of you, um, if you could pick a famous director and they were free and available uh, uh, and, and given sort of their own style and, and stuff, who would you pick to direct this film? If you could pick a famous director, a modern director. Not I modern, think just sort of living. Yeah, I think for me, based on the quality of the writing, the design of the special effects and the attention to grotesque, I'm going to have to say James Gunn for my uh, for my project. I think that he's got a quirk uh, for color and uh, for weird uh, horror. So I, yeah, I, probably an easy choice, but that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, so sort of more along um, in, in, in tone and style like Slither and... and, and exactly. Like yep, I saw, I saw Slither yeah. meet Super. That's kind of what I... Got it. What I, okay. yeah, what I, yeah. And how about you, Dylan? The obvious answer that I almost gave away was Villeneuve, but I think that's too close to arrival. And as I kind of mold this idea over, it might be a controversial pick, but I think M. Night Shyamalan. I know, I know, Zach. Yeah. I knew that Zach was going to have some reaction to it, but See, this but is you, this is that kind of like pick... eerie sci-fi yeah. Twilight Zoney kind of thing, and it feels sure. like. It would be it would fit in in the signs universe. What makes you think M Night can do space? Signs. Signs? Not space? Cornfield. I it doesn't the thing about this idea <laughs> is that it, this could be one of those alien movies where the main characters don't leave the planet and you got your personal drama stuff going down on a world that has just been exposed to the existence of extraterrestrial life. Okay. And they're industrialists as well. That's Bummer. Fair. That's right. And so, you know, you have your M. Night kind of weird semi-alien sounding relationship stuff going on while in the background the news station is playing some piece about the drillers who have been trained to be astronauts being sent up to beat the beat the moon invaders. All right. Let's see. <laughs> Man, this is a tough decision. Because I want to see both of these movies as you guys have described them, but <clears throat> I think I'm go I'm gonna have to go with an M Night Shyamalan space film. I think um, uh, like like sort of like a, a, a late '90s, early 2000s M Night Shyamalan. Um, I think uh, yeah, don't call it a comeback, but uh, <laughs> I think that would be that would be a. Something that I I would, All right. I would want to go see twice. I love it. All right. I love it. All right, cool. Well, let's work on this for the next 15-ish minutes. Uh, yeah. And let's see what this turns into. Um, once again, thank you, Mr. King, for, yeah. for making this aggressively difficult decision. Uh, I, I, knew, <laughs> I, I knew I shouldn't have gone. Every time I answer with James Gunn, I lose that competition. Because no, Dylan, see, here's the thing. You made, it very, you made it very, very tough because I love Slither. I love James Gunn. Um, I was furious when when Disney fired him. I am a huge. I, yeah. I love what he, he's doing right now for DC. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad that he's coming back to Marvel. Um, but uh, but man, the man made you two billion dollars and you fire him. Come on. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, just no. It was it was very close. But I I, I think if, if if I had to 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 pay for for one movie, I think I would. First, go with sort of an M. Night Shyamalan space movie. Perfect. No, that's okay. There's no wrong answers here. Uh, I have to keep saying that because I lose a lot. Uh, so there are no wrong answers. Uh, so Mr. King chose Dylan's idea. And I think that technically makes Dylan, I think you're winning uh, now over I don't the, know. Of the show. Uh, 43. I think he's 43 and 0. Uh, so good, <laughs> not even. Good job, Dylan. Uh, okay. So we're going to, we're going to develop uh, quickly this concept of, um, there's this uh, extraterrestrial uh, presence, and we don't know what they're doing, but it turns out they either park on uh, some sort of celestial thing, either the moon or Mars or Venus, and we don't know what they're doing, but they're mining. I think that's cool. Uh, now, Mr. K, yeah. uh, when it comes to uh, ideas that you're going to work on, do you have like a, a basic idea like this, or do you have like a scene that, that pops in your brain, you're like, I got to develop this. What's what's the start of the creation process for you? Yeah, so we 
So we now, and we've just recently sort of solidified this as, as sort of our, our route. And I think you'll find that most, um, most films ha have this, um, but we almost have a checklist and, uh, and I, I prepared this and I'm actually going to pull it up. Um, I have it in, in notes. Um, I could just give, there we go. All right. So here's, I think what we need to start plotting this idea. And the very first thing is, um, let's figure out who our protagonist is. Um, and what makes them sort of a sympathetic, uh, active protagonist. So like via signs, obviously Mel Gibson, he was a preacher, um, no longer a preacher, but everyone sort of looks to him still as that figure type mm -hmm. of thing. Um, and it could be multiple too, but sort of who's our protagonist? Yeah. So I like the idea of maybe, uh, no, don't uh, feel free to shoot this down. Of course. I, I like the, <laughs> and you will, I like the idea <laughs> of like, maybe like a West Virginia coal miner, right? who now he has to decide like hey maybe mining's not the right thing to do here uh so what do you think about that being a protagonist as just uh, our, our our base character me well sure sure it's, it's um, I, no i really like the idea of someone whose career is digging into the dirt mm -hmm. looking up and realizing that not only you know, it's like I'm looking up and I'm seeing these people up there who are also digging and you've cool. got this cyclical kind of like, you know, you could have your character have a story of breaking out of this cycle. Yeah. Maybe they are and they're a miner, but they have a telescope in their backyard. West Virginia, they're they probably live away from a city. So you have a lot less natural light. Um, if we wanted to, we might make this person the person who actually first kind of realizes what's going on. Mm. Not the first one, but, you know, they're one of the first people who look up and see this happening and then we kind of follow them as they kind of wind their way through yeah i have or, this opportunity or maybe it's like, still about digging but i have maybe, an opportunity to get myself out of the dirt yeah or maybe as a kid they wrote a story about uh space exploration uh but due to circumstances they had to just become a miner uh and live underground instead of with their head in the clouds yeah, that's fine. Uh, so, Mr. King, when you're when you're coming up with a story, like say Super Hot, you, you had the idea that you wanted to work on characters that were in like a, the dark universe monsters. So, the first thing you do is you sit down. You're like, okay, well, who's my protagonist? Or do you kind of have scenes in mind? Like, what what? And, uh, inevitably, there's always sort of <clears throat> visuals and, and, and images that I sort of have of. Um, Characters, scenes, um, things like things like that. Um, but I found sort of this this checklist of, of things definitely helps um, in crafting the, the the story and sort of systematically breaks it down. Because I, I found that, and, and we'll go through these, but I found that once we have these things, it is much easier to sort of yeah. write sort of our our our, mm -hmm. our story. Um, now, uh, more. Do you ever... now you you mentioned um I, I i love the um the the coal miner type of thing one of my favorite films is october sky mm -hmm. um and if you haven't seen it you should go watch it because my my fiance does not cry during movies but that movie made her weep um it is a great movie um now one of the things i think is important as well is the fish out of water element um, and I think a, a coal miner, um, and, and and maybe he's sort of, you know, especially with sort of the way things are to, today, is coal mining is sort of a, a dying, um, a dying profession, mm -hmm. um, and maybe he's one of the last sort of people that's sort of the head of of a coal mine in, in the state. And so, um, whether it's NASA or someone else, maybe they also turn to him. Um, as as sort of a, a a person that they need to talk to um, about what's going on, um, because he's one of the few people that sort of know all about mining left. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the the, the miner as a, as a um, as a protagonist. Um, now, the second thing that uh, I found very important 
is the ending. <laughs> and how does the, how does the, and it can be general or it can be very specific, how does the story end? Um, because uh, the thing that helps the most is to find out where we're going. Right. I had not imagined this as a, you know, Independence Day shoot 'em up aliens invasion movie. Mm. No, there, um, yeah, there needs to be like an agreeance or uh, something, something nice at the end. Uh, yeah. Now, Taylor, when it comes to like coming up with concepts, a, a lot of Dylan and I, we have very weird concepts where it's like, this might not actually be a movie. This is like a comic book or maybe this is a board game. Do you ever get into that like a uh, conversation with yourself or is the majority of ways that like this majority of stories that you come up with are now in movie uh, form? Yeah, I mean, th that sort of came about purely because of um, Amazon um, uh, monetarily and um, sort of the, the, the time it takes us um, to create a project in conjunction with our attention span. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for, for us specifically, you know, in, in our distribution deal um, with Amazon, we get paid per our stream hmm. um and so and uh now we get also um that sort of um uh gets uh diverged into um what's called uh god i can't remember the the acronym for it but it's basically engagement rate okay. um and so how long is someone going to watch this film for you know are they dropping out over the first um uh five minutes or do they drop out at the 30 minutes or are they watching it all the way through? You know, how long is, is your project um, or film or TV show keeping people's attention span? Now, television series, it's a lot easier for people to, to, to get hooked. There's usually shorter, shorter length time. So people are like, I'll just watch one more. And then by the time they know it, you know, there's three episodes in and they're completely hooked. Yeah. Um, now films, it's a lot harder. There's just a def different mentality going into films. Um, uh, sometimes, you know, when you're watching a movie, you sort of pause and say, okay, how much time is left in this movie? 30 minutes, I'm just going to go to bed. You know, as opposed to just, oh, that's, the episode's over already. Yeah. I'll watch one more time. Mm -hmm. um, now, we've been doing more features lately just purely because we hate spending too much time on one particular project. Um, you know, it's, it, it's hard to... Uh, to, to keep our motivation going on one particular story, yet alone trying to wrangle the attention spans of actors and and uh, and the crew and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but um, but yeah, um, sort of. I divulge. I guess I sort of lean more towards feature films as opposed to TV series, especially as of lately. But. Um, I think I watch more. That's not true, actually. I think I watch more films as opposed to TV shows. The only exception being Mandalorian and other shows on Disney Plus, which have got yeah. me hooked the best. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're just going to say this is a feature film until, uh, unless yeah. like the story dictates that it needs multiple mm -hmm. episodes. All right. And I also like the idea of of coming up with the ending. That's something that Dylan and I really try to get down pretty quickly, mm -hmm. since our brain can kind of wander. So it's always good to find yeah. the ending point. Um, now let's see a, a, a good ending without it being shoot 'em up would be uh what that they we give them the moon they just take it they only want half and that's no big deal uh we realize that the the miner now lives on the moon um <laughs> we could go we could go kind of comedic and have it be like the aliens just didn't know we were here they don't have windows on their ship and they're like oh and then you jump forward 15, 20 years in the future, Earth's become like a galactic tourist spot. And they're like, yeah. um, something, something, because if I, to make it Shyamalan style, there needs to be a, an element of just kind of like, huh? Towards yeah. the end. You know what well, I mean? Where, I where, the, if... where the story doesn't necessarily <laughs> not wrap up, but there's something completely out of left field that kind of arrives. Well, I guess we could also go the total destruction route, which is, there's nothing we can do about this. Uh, let's just hug until the world ends. <laughs> what were you going to say, Mr. King? Oh, no, it's just I, I think something that might uh, – now, this is usually the next step, but but if we're talking about sort of M. Night Shyamalan and even sort of Denis Villeneuve, who sort of does this as well, 
Um, and we almost need to go in reverse order. Um, but uh, I, I, I guess the inciting incident would be the fact that there are aliens drilling on the moon. Um, yeah. And the, the, the knowledge of that. Um, and now so we're at the 25 to 30 minute mark. We need a stunning surprise number one, mm-hmm. which is something that's shocking that happens to the main character um, that is now sort of changes everything. And I guess that could be the fact that he is now being looked at or, you know, um, uh, contacted by the government or NASA or something that he is now an expert in his field and they need mm-hmm. his help. Yeah, I, um, I do. I do like the idea of maybe the like the first twenty minutes thinking that there is this meteor coming to Earth to destroy the Earth, and then right at that twenty-five minute mark, that ve- that vessel stops and just lands. Uh, that yeah. that could be a pretty interesting. Like, oh my God, what is happening here? Because uh, that could be like a mini film that has no actual ending. Especially if it takes place from the perspective of a coal mine town mm-hmm. um, and sort of that sort of whole um, mentality and stuff of sort of uh, middle America type of living of like, do people still go to work if there's a meteor coming yeah. um, or do they not even know about it? Mm-hmm. Um, so that could also be very interesting. And, and, and people love watching people, especially, um, you know, um, now in terms of the end, we should figure out what what is the Shyamalan twist? What is the sort of second big surprise? What's the thing that sort of is the holy crap, um, I need to tweet about this um, plot twist type of, type of thing? Um, knowing that the aliens are, are drilling for some reason. Um, now, now I, I think the obvious one <laughs> is that the aliens are actual humans that are trying to teleport their moon back to their new planet <laughs> because they miss tides. Okay. That, that, that's a very, very interesting twist that, or whether it's a parallel dimension or, or something like that, or they no longer have their moon. And this is now a, a last resort of we're going to steal the moon from a, a different dimension. Yeah. Um, we're going to steal our moon back. That's, we gotta, that's, we that's gotta get very, our moon back. Very good Chumlon twist. Considering, um, well, there's that there's that idea that the moon was formed due to an impact event way earlier on. These could be the aliens where that original projectile came from. Just oh. like you've had it for a few billion years, we're going to take our moon back. Thanks for holding on to it, though. Yeah, there, there you go. Or there, or there's something at the center of it mm-hmm. um, that um, that was from that, which no one has been able to locate it because now it's literally a moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, those are, those are two very good. Or it's like a, like a, like a spacecraft that is now covered in space barnacles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, it, yeah. it's like, it's like the Titanic that James Cameron found, but in space. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, so like it's the moon or something at the center of the moon is something that these people need. And then it becomes us or them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, because if they don't get the moon, they're going to die. It's like, who are yeah. we to who are we to kill them? <laughs> there, there is there is something, though, about, um, I think that may, you know, because, you know, aliens is 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 one thing, you know, it's sort of like uh, um, it's the. The uh, I guess. Unfamiliarity, you know, um, but if it was us from a different dimension or even like a, a parallel dimension it's us yeah it's just a different version of us and it's either us or the other us yeah who, us or who us. needs it um and uh and that's sort of their mentality too it's like well it's not us we're, we're taking it back from someone else mm-hmm. that yeah. just so happens to be a different version of us um interesting so, like, if, if 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 scientists think that this asteroid is coming and it's going to destroy the Earth, right, and they find a way to teleport themselves onto a different exact replica of Earth, but without the moon, so there's no tides, and with tides is life, I think, right? 
tides bring something uh pretty important i think to farming yeah, I mean, without the moon yeah. we, we would be screwed yeah. yeah we'd be upset yeah so uh so they get to this other planet and they're like man everything's cool it's just there's no moon here uh so like we we just got look the earth is gonna die anyway let's just take the moon so yeah it's not they, doing them any good after this planet's wait, so, wiped out oh, so wait so they they are they are the asteroid that they're fearing oh wait a minute I think we fell into a time vortex here. <laughs> well, okay, so okay, so now, Mr. King, so you have an idea, and then you you work on the protagonist. You try to get the person that you're going to root for, and that's usually your window character into this new world, anyway, so that the audience, you know, feels familiar. Uh, then yeah. you kind of then you hop over to the ending. Uh, so let's say tentatively, that's that's one of our endings, which is like we're taking our own moon back. Um, mm -hmm. What would you say is the next big thing that for, for your brain to work on in these stories so but besides the sort of um the major sort of uh twist of this the stunning surprises um then it's the the beginning so establishing sort of uh, and we sort of already talked about that uh, about um who um and sometimes these things have, are just sort of work themselves out prior to this order or not in the order at all but you know where does our story begin you know who's who's our protagonist what what world does he live in um who's his family who's his friends what what are the things that are tangible that we would actually care about um and then where's the conflict in that you know cool. is his marriage falling apart what, what's his, what's the main character's sort of secondary thing besides the main thing that's going to happen mm -hmm. and how do those two things sort of clash or or you know parallel each other yeah. Well, he used to be, he, he really wanted to be an astronaut when he was younger, but due to colorblindness, he wasn't able to. So when he had his first kid, he really put a lot of effort into making sure that this child was going to be uh, an astronaut uh, and it's a daughter. And so they have to deal with the plight of being a female astronaut when the moon's being stolen. I have no idea. Uh, all right. We're not going to take up a whole lot more of your time because uh, you're very important uh, to us and probably to other people. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for this, uh, for helping us create this cool idea. Um, and if you don't know, because why would you? We're nobody to you. But we have a show on Twitch every Tuesday and it's live. And what we do is we take concepts that we do on these shows. And then with uh, live audience members, we keep crafting that show or whatever mm -hmm. that concept's going to be. So we take about four weeks and then turn that into a movie or a comic or whatever it is. So if you're listening to this, uh, tune into Twitch so we can uh, work on this. Uh, hopefully, uh, Taylor King will pop into our Twitch stream and help us out because he's got yes. some great ideas. Um, but uh, yeah, honestly, uh, we really want to thank you for spending any time uh, with us. We are such fans of, of movies in general, but mm. definitely your movies uh, because they are very, very close to what we're trying to do. And that is great because that's, uh, you know, you're a tangible version of our dreams. And I, I really appreciate that. No, thank, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, no, I, I really appreciate it. I, I love hearing about how people have sort of responded to this, this little movie we did. Cause oh. uh, yeah, we, we just had a really, really great time making it. And uh and yeah, it's just, it's been re really cool to, to hear from um, sort of those, the, the like-minded nerds and, yeah. um, and everything, sort of the, the people from fanboys, you know. Um, I didn't want to say one, one, one thing because you touched on it and then all of a sudden I had an idea for, for our space movie, um, Dylan's uh, Space Shyamalan film. Um, <laughs> uh I, I, I like what you said. And if if uh, our, our protagonist had a daughter who was um, in the space program or or worked at NASA or something, it's just a great sort of parallel to his real life. Of that's now a reason why he would get contacted because she knows the perfect man for the job, um, but they don't talk anymore because he spends his life underground and she spends her time in the clouds type of thing. It's a great. Mm -hmm sort of story thing and i just wanted to say yeah. that and get it yeah. out of my head and she don't care about digging but she's got to learn but damn it yeah. he's gonna teach her how to be a digger of the stars uh yeah. <laughs> now i'm into that uh hey if you ever need people to help with anything you have two people right here uh that make up ideas constantly uh and, and like you know uh we just 
like talking and <laughs> like making no, up stuff. Absolutely, so. it was a great, great time. I, I, I love talking, you know, nerdy stuff and and, and all that jazz. Um, I did have a question. Have you guys um, uh, been uh, keeping up with any of the uh, Book of Boba Fett or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, te- I text Dylan constantly with all of my ideas and all my theories. I am such a fan of that. And the thing is, like, with Book of Boba Fett, it's hard to say what the point of that show is. And that's, <laughs> and that's how you know it's great because, like, there's no point. But I love it. No, and uh, I, I don't think we will know until sort of uh... – and, and, until the end, I'm I'm excited to. I think these next three episodes are going to be bangers. I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I love it. I love Robert Rodriguez. I love him in the Star Wars universe. Uh, I like the idea that Din Jaren's probably going to show up with a dark saber a couple episodes from now. Uh, yeah. I want to see Boba riding a Rancor, although I don't know to where or why. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm dude. I'm a I'm a mega fan. Uh, I, I love it. I love all of it. And uh, and, and and who would have who would have thought that. Uh, some silly little um, dark saber that uh, that people crapped on when they first saw it would have such a huge impact and across multiple TV shows now. Even. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All those all those uh, fake nerds used to make fun of Clone Wars, and now that's yeah. taking over everyone's life now. Yeah, but I love Great it. Stuff. Uh, Dylan, yeah. do you have anything to say to Mr. King before we before we get him out of here? Appreciate your time. Always nice to talk to someone getting out there and making stuff. So yeah, great to great to just get that viewpoint. Appreciate yeah. you guys. No, absolutely. And if I could say anything to 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 anyone who's sort of listening and and you know wondering if they can can make something and and just just get out there and, and do it because you know first second heck even the tenth time might not be any good but if you keep doing it you're going to learn things along the way. Um, you're going to meet amazing people and yeah, it's just, there's, there's nothing I would rather be doing. So get get out there and make something. Yeah. That's so cool, man. Thank you so much. Uh, so until next time, uh, I have been Zach. He has been Dylan and you've been, I've been Taylor and he's been been great. (laughs) Have a great day guys. Goodbye. All right. Bye everybody. Thank you.